everybody. I'm Peter, and I wanted to believe in Travis just as much as you did. He's Mike, and you can track him by his smell. How you doing, Mike? Good. Uh, thanks. Uh, I think <laughs> together we're Rebels, Rebels, the podcast where we explore the Star Wars expanded universe through a deep dive on the animated series Star Wars Rebels. Our guest is a producer, a comedian, and co-host of Black Series Rebels, which you can check out on YouTube now for some awesome Star Wars content. It's Steve Ellis. How you doing? Hey, what's going on, guys? How are you? Good. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Alex is usually the one that's the one out and about doing these things, so it's uh, it's cool to to get on the mics. He's watching the kids tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. He's he's making sure Captain Weenie's nice and <laughs> bundled up. <laughs> nice. I'm assuming that's his dog's name. <laughs> Oh, Captain Weenie? Yeah. No, that's his Man, kid's now name. I'm, now I'm just going to leave it at that and y'all can just <laughs> okay. Fair enough. think what you want. But go on Instagram and look up Captain Weenie. Not that he needs any more followers than he already has. <laughs> dog, uh, no, it's it's Alex's dog. His dog is uh, internet famous. Oh, my yeah. God. Kind of, uh, we kind of jumped on Captain Weenie's back to get some followers. <laughs> nice. All right. So, uh, <laughs> so, to get, uh, so I just before- want a hot dog right now. <laughs> Sorry, I'm hungry. <laughs> Concentrate. So before we get started, please subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app and leave us a review on iTunes. We've heard it helps a ton. We don't really know why. You can also find us on Instagram or Facebook at Rebels Rebels Pod or email the show at Rebels Rebels Pod at gmail.com. Nice. There it is. Mike, you ready? Uh, I'm ready to get into this. Steve, uh, how are you feeling? You ready to get into it? Oh, I'm ready to get sweaty, boys. Woo! All right. This is season one, episode 11, Vision of Hope. The crew of the ghost tries to thwart an imperial plan to capture an exiled dignitary. That's right. So the first scene and setting we've got is the training of Ezra on Lothal. Yeah. Um, he's shooting these blaster bolts with his lightsaber and he just can't focus. He can't hit his target. And he's redirecting. And that is not a euphemism. <laughs> wait, wait. He can't hit you, his target. Wait, you're saying and that is not a euphemism. I don't get it, but I, <laughs> I don't get it, but I like I'll it. Say it's it's classic Ezra just, you know, being a brat and seriously, he's like, I want to watch TV. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, ex- it's exactly what's made everybody go. I hate Ezra. It's just like this whiny brat kid that just is it me or is every Rebels episode sort of Ezra being a whiny brat, getting into something he's not supposed to be doing, getting, then, then by then getting the crew in trouble and then the crew has to save his ass. And yep. mm-hmm. then he, ha- he has some, you know, lesson he's learned at the end of every single one. That's about the first two and a half seasons for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, is, now I have to preface guys again thank you for having me on the show but I must preference preface the fact that I am known on my show for not being the biggest rebels guy I in fact I seem to only cram rebels episodes in on <laughs> really long airplane flights where I'm stuffed like a sardine and have nowhere to go and have to focus um, and my my biggest issue has always been Ezra's just sort of this, this yeah. same thing. Ezra's this whiny kid. With that said, though, I think it's really cool. I have finally caught up with the whole series, and um, it's great to see how it's grown from this particular season, actually. Mm-hmm. You know what? In this political climate, we need to come together throughout our, through our differences. So 
it's you know, I'm, ha- I'm happy to have you on. I, w- I will say that this Ezra is very much wormy from, <laughs> from the comics. Like he, he does whine. He outwines Luke, which is yeah, fairly for those, amazing. For those that don't know, wormy was originally in a new, was what they called Luke in a new hope and they cut it out. <laughs> but then they put it into a bunch of comics and books and stuff like that. And you can see it. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. Like his friends would make fun of him all the time and go like, get out of here, wormy. And that was like Luke's name. <laughs> I think your first introduction to him is him actually going to Tashi station. And all yep. his friends are there. And it's like, Oh, here comes wormy. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And that is the best Luke. Luke with like the Gilligan hat on oh and, God, the go- the and the goggles. That's best. Luke. I was so, st- I was so stoked when, when black series came out, Hasbro came out with their black series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Land speeder with with that outfit. Oh man, you guys have not made that pin yet. No, we'll get there. That's a mistake. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll oh, the, the, the wormy. Um, so another thing I like about this scene is that Chopper gets like hit by one of the blaster bolts, and he like throws his hands. I was like, 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 hey, I'm walking here. Like, <laughs> very grumpy New York. <laughs> like classic. Chopper. Yeah. Um, but as we said, Ezra just wants to go watch TV. And Kanan says he needs to stay in the moment. All his life, he's looked away to the future, to the horizon. Never his mind on where he was. Hmm? I, I, I feel like just as much as Ezra needs to develop over the season, Kanan similarly needs to because he is such a quick-tempered teacher. Like, he's not... Mm-hmm. Like, nothing about him, his teaching to me, speaks like that, like, Taoist kind of Jedi approach. It's... It's all like frustrated substitute. (laughs) He flies off off the handle real quick. Yeah. Uh Damn it. Get it together, kid. Yeah, I know. I brought this up, but I love his teaching style of if he doesn't get it, yell at him to make him get it. Like, (laughs) you can't focus. Focus. Why are you focusing? Like, that helps. (laughs) (laughs) Could you scream it just a little bit louder? Almost. I'm not quite there, but if you could just scream in my face a little bit more, I think I'll get there. (laughs) Uh, so Senator Gal Travis, uh, is, uh, broadcasting and, uh, we have everyone. Well, I, I want to really quick talk about the vision. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess that's where we're at right now. So Senator Gal Travis is having this big broadcast and as was stoked to go see it, he's snoked to go see it. And, um, <laughs> we'll edit that out too. Nope. <laughs> and, uh, so he, is in the middle of his training and he's not able to hit the stormtrooper helmets. Right. But then he has a vision of Gal Travis and sees like these hazy things of what's going to happen in the future. And he kind of passes out. And when he wakes up, he's like, Oh, I didn't hit any of the targets. Did I? But he hit, he just destroyed that helmet. And that part doesn't make too much vision sense. Vision Yeah. I don't really get how they're like, related. while he's having, having a seizure, he like, <laughs> he like perfectly deflects everything. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like he should go to the doctor. He's just not conscious of it, man. He's, he's, he's using, you know, it's the, the yeah. force can be, you can use the force to explain everything without knowing anything about it. Yeah. You know, it's just another case of them going, yeah, it's just the force. Like he subconsciously, he's got the vision, but at the same time, his body is in control of, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, maybe he's, he's let go of all of his baggage. Maybe. I like that when he comes to from his vision, he has like a Wizard of Oz moment and goes like, <laughs> you were there and you were there and you were there. <laughs> we were all there. Yeah. I was like, oh boy. It was so real. 
You were there, and, and you were there, sneaking around in the dark. The troopers were everywhere. Sounds like a pretty average day. Except Senator Travis was there, fighting side by side with us, and he said he knew my parents. Right. Look, Ezra, just because you want something to happen doesn't mean it's going to. But it might. Now, now this was like a big... The forgive me because I, I I rewatched the episode, but mm-hmm. it's been a while since I've watched that season. Um, Travis has been like Travis has been putting out sort of these uh, messages, right? Yeah, kind mm-hmm. of broadcasts throughout yeah. the, the this the, the leading up to this episode, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He's been a voice okay. of the rebellion throughout um, yeah. a bunch of different episodes and sort of uh, like those old like World War II kind of serials, exactly. Right? Yeah, for like movies and stuff back in the day. Yeah, exactly. But I, I I mean, I don't know you guys, when I first saw this, I never believed that he was a rebel. I feel like his voice is just too laden with slime for me to like. Oh, yeah. He's he's schmarmy. He's, it's that thin pencil mustache he's got and that little mole I feel like he has. Mm -hmm. We've brought this up before, but he's voiced by Brett Spiner, who's Data on Star Trek. And his, 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 uh. Spinerisms really come out in this episode. Oh, what was his character's name in Independence Day? Yeah, like scientist. That's exactly oh, who I was man. thinking of. He he comes across much more Independence Day than Star Trek in this episode. Oh, it's so fitting. Yeah, he's like bad data. Isn't there an episode? I'm not a big Star Trek TNG guy, but mm-hmm. isn't, data, isn't there an episode with like a bad data? Yeah, I think so. There's too many episodes for me to keep track of. I don't know. I don't know. Um, one other fun fact is I was trying to do research on Gal Travis, but it. Google auto-corrected it to Gail Travis, and I found a very lovely uh, realtor in the Houston area. area <laughs> so. so, if you're ever in Houston, <laughs> in the market to buy a house, um, make sure you hit up Gail Travis in Houston, Texas. Yes. Yeah. Well, she might she might betray you. Too. Oh wow! So, um, so they let Ezra go inside and watch some TV. He's out of school and he runs in like a giddy child. <laughs> yeah, I love that. He goes into and the also ghost. He punches, he punches Zeb on the wall. <laughs> while running with a bag of Doritos and Mountain Dew, he punches Zeb in the arm. Oh, <laughs> uh, what Doritos is he eating though? Has he got like nacho cheese or Cool Ranch Doritos? Oh man. He, he, what kind of kid is Ezra? Because honestly, Ezra doesn't seem cool enough to be eating Doritos. He seems like that kid that got like, he saw everybody had flaming Hot Cheetos, but he got like <laughs> flaming Hot Funyuns. Yeah. And everyone's like, no, dude. I can see him being one of those weird like kids that get like the green bag of Doritos. It's like <laughs> spicy jalapeno <laughs> corn or something. <laughs> and he drinks that in Mountain Dew. That's all he drinks. Oh. Or, or it's oh. Ma- Mountain Breeze, Safeway brand. No, warm, w- sitting in a hot summer day's car, warm Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> You're flashing me back to high school, man. Uh, so there's, as uh, Hera saved the recording on her DVR for him yeah. and Travis interrupts the hollow net and says he wants to meet the local rebels on Lothal. I have assurances from Senator in exile, Gold Travis here. Right on time. Coming to you with a reminder that the Empire applies the term insurgent to anyone who dares defy their tyranny, such as some very courageous souls on Lothal. He's talking about us. He said Lothal. I know. Here it comes. To those rebels, I have a message. The sun may have set on the old republic, but a new freedom can be won. To do this, he hides messages in a way that Empire wouldn't understand. It didn't seem that complicated of a code to crack. No. Yeah, <laughs> which I love about it because I, yeah, uh, but I do like that Kanan thinks the 
Empire is like more clever Mm -hmm. and that uh, he thinks that they can crack the code because he goes like, uh, like talking about the code, he's like, yeah, the code's a little too obvious. (laughs) And I, I have this thing where anytime someone says too obvious, I have like a Pavlov's response to it where I go, yeah, a little too Ralph. (laughs) <laughs> which I don't know if you I don't know if you remember that what? from from Ninja Turtles. Do you remember this? And I feel like I'm the only person I who should. I feel like I'm the only like, person who ever says this and no one understands it. But in the Ninja Turtles movie, they're like, "Oh man!" And they're talking about a trap, and they're like, "They're going to rescue Ralph," and they're like, "Oh, this trap seems ob- a little obvious." And then someone goes, "Yeah, a little too obvious." <laughs> And then Leonardo goes, look, it's Ralph. And then Michelangelo responds, he goes, yeah, a little too Ralph. Just like Kino said. Yeah. The perimeter's quiet. Yeah. A little too quiet. Mm. Well, that was easy. Yeah. A little too easy. Yeah. <gasps> look, huh? it's Raph. Oh, yeah. A little too rough, you guys. <laughs> Which one is this from? It's from the original. Mo- like, it's from the original no. movie. Yes. There's no way. Uh, I've seen this movie. That's amazing. Times. By the way, I don't know if you guys are big movie fans. Mm-hmm. Sam Rockwell. One of Sam Rockwell's first movies is that movie. What? Ooh, I didn't yeah, know that. He's like one of the teenage like lead. I want to say he leads the slow clap at the end. Oh. Oh. Casey Jones is like, I'll never call golf a uh, whatever sport again. See, I know this movie, but I don't know. <laughs> okay, this is about. It's this really is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two. So it's the second movie. Okay. And yeah, then yeah, it's, I was gonna say that line sounds more like a Ernie Reyes Jr. in the mall defeating Foot Clan with uh, yo-yos, Michelangelo. Oh, that is such a good part of the movie. See, okay. I think this podcast just changed from Rebels Rebels to like <laughs> Turtle Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so down. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's a, it's it's possibly the greatest line in film history. Yeah, is it, I'm looking this up. This is too much for me. <laughs> I'm sorry to side no, it's your, okay. your show here, um, but we can get back. We uh, we can get back into this. You know, what, what are we talking about? Rebels again? <laughs> um. <laughs> so Ezra meets back up with. Uh, so they're planning on springing the trap. Right, they're going to go to the. Uh, the temple, the or it's like a senator. What what kind of building is this? Like it's like a government building. Yeah, it's like it's an, an abandoned. It's, it's an abandoned government building that they don't use now that the imperial center has been built, and that's yeah. where Galtrave is going to meet them. So they're doing a little reconnaissance to see whether or not it's a trap. Yeah, so Ezra has to meet back up with Zar Zare Leonis, the uh, guy he trained mm-hmm. with back on uh, was it episode four? Yeah, the. What was it breaking ranks? Yeah, the one where they're at a Imperial Academy together. Yeah, and I love that when he meets up with Zare, he like still uses his like his secret identity as Dev Morgan, and he goes, "Hey, Dev," and Ezra goes, "That's me, uh, Stealthy Dev Morgan." And I'm like, "God, you're so bad at pretending like you're someone else." You're a stealthy one, Dev Morgan. Yeah, that's me, Stealthy Dev Morgan. Yeah, I feel like I would instantly be like, wait, is that not your name? Why are you being weird about it? Yeah, that's like if you said like, hey, Mike. And I was like, that's my name, Mike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's not very good. But I do think it is kind of cute how they're coming together. They seem to have missed each other. They have a real Sam Frodo relationship. <laughs> I was going to say that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought for a second, like, because they, they're about to, like, split and he feels bad that he doesn't know 
his real name. So he's like, wait one second. I thought he was just going to turn around and kiss him. <laughs> I wouldn't be opposed to that. <laughs> no, me neither. Don't speak. <laughs> what, what are we doing? I don't, I don't know. We're, we're shipping Ezra and Zare. What would their couple oh, name be? Can we, first, sorry. Zare-Zra. I, I am going off. Shipping. <laughs> Yeah. Shipping, shipping, shipping. It's like all of a sudden I, I made the mistake of making one comment about Raylo on the internet. And now sh- it's like I've learned all about shipping. And no, shipping is when you ship things in the mail. Shipping is like, no, shipping just signals to me these people should stop forcing these people into a relationship. Mm-hmm. I just stop think it's it. funny because you can find any shipping combination yeah. you want on the internet and you can find some crazy stuff. Oh, yeah. Stay away. Just can we just shut Tumblr down, please? I'm sure if you search Finn BB8, like oh. 10 percent of the results will be some sort Sorry, of inappropriate. How how awesome was it when when BB8 and Poe are reunited and he gives him like a belly rub? <laughs> yeah, it's like, he like he's a it's dog. Like he's warming his hands up, <laughs> blowing on him, and then he gives him just a little little belly rubs. Yeah, he can't feel that. He's a robot. Oh. <laughs> It oh, is. Dear. It is. It is one of the more heart. Yeah, gen- I do. Genuine I do like it because I feel like a lot of people. It's weird in the universe to me. Like, who cares about their droids and who doesn't? <laughs> and it's like a lot of people are just like, whatever. Just a dumb droid. Like, just throw them in the trash compactor to fix this thing. If they break, who cares? But then he's like, "Where's my droid?" And yeah, he I'm slides sure on it's his like man's best friend. Yeah, it's great. So. They didn't kiss, unfortunately, but um, <laughs> maybe in a different. But they do on Tumblr. Uh, yeah, but so Zare and Zare and Ezra are interrupted by a patrol of stormtroopers before Ezra can tell him his true name, and Zara pretended to be trying to stop him, and then there's a little pursuit. But in this thing, we learn that the Imperials are in fact setting a trap for our heroes. Hmm. Didn't see that coming. No. No. So he escapes the stormtroopers. Mm-hmm. And so this is going to happen a couple times. I'm going to point out a couple very problem, not problematic, but concerning behaviors of Chopper coming up. Starting with this. Oh, so oh, first of all. Oh, what, you mean him dumping a dead body down a sewer? We'll get there. But first <laughs> of all. best friend, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's that dude that like, even if you haven't talked to him in a really long time from high school and you live 500 miles away that like you need a body dumped, you're going to call him and he's going to show up. No questions asked. Yeah. He's not going to be like, why haven't you talked to me in a long time? He's just going to do it and then go back to business. Yeah. There's all these um, throughout the EU legends and the new EU. There's all these droids that are look like normal droids but they've been programmed for murder <laughs> like there's an old uh battle droid that snap wexley programmed when he was a kid named mr bones oh yeah that just yeah, like yeah. murders everybody for him and in the comics there's like a c3po that dr afra has yeah. those two droids who just like are murder bot robots yeah and i feel like choppers got like 10 percent of murder robot <laughs> That's a good band name, Murder Bot or Murder Ten percent <laughs> Murder Robot. That's our that's our band's album. <laughs> um, so this is the thing that happens: is Ezra like kind of creepily sneaks into his parents' house because that's where they're all supposed to meet up, and all the lights are off, and Chopper comes out from lurking in the shadows, and he goes, "Where is everyone?" And my first thought was, "Oh my god, he killed everyone! <laughs> they're all dead." <laughs> 
but it turns out they're hiding in a little cat like a little catacomb and take a seat kind of talking crap about ezra behind his back yeah <laughs> well, let's take ezra out yeah it's like why is he so upset his parents died <laughs> like get over it already <laughs> it's like thanks for talking crap in my dead parents house <laughs> yeah <laughs> so he goes back and he tells them that he found out it is in fact a trap and they need to think of a plan to get the senator out of there Mm. yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. not much to say about that yeah no like, is it just me or does every single episode of Red- rebels have to do with some sort of trap Always. so far i'm telling you it's definitely <laughs> ezra's doing something he's not supposed to be doing he gets the gang in trouble then there's a trap <laughs> then he learns a lesson and they're all like sitting off staring off into the you know the sunsets and stuff. yeah it's just yeah so I, I don't know. We'll decide whether to keep this in or not. But I mean, when we were just talking about doing this podcast, so much of what I was thinking about Rebels was what had just happened in season three and the things I knew that were going to come for season four. And I forgot how clunky season one is and like how it's like characters mm-hmm. are, you're still discovering characters and like people haven't developed storylines are still kind of like burgeoning. And it just feels like, this is an episode very emblematic of that. It's like, mm-hmm. okay. Like, I think uh, this episode, you're right. This episode sums up exactly what my issues are with, with the rebels cartoon. It's, yeah. It's a little formulaic. There's a, reason, there's a reason it took me a better part of two years to finally finish the first season. Yeah. Which is fair. Yeah. I found, which is one of the reasons why I'm glad we're doing this podcast. I think in my opinion, at least, it's a lot easier to, to digest if you binge it. See, I disagree. I, I disagree. I think it's a lot easier if you just watch it once a week for 22 minutes. Hmm. Interesting. Because I remember watching it when it was first on TV and episodes like this really bug me. I don't get how, ki- I don't get how kids are able to have the attention span to sit through it. Sometimes. They love it, though. My, my wife know, is an man. elementary school teacher. And the amount of Star Wars stuff, like Star Wars backpacks and toys and lunchboxes and Halloween costumes that came out after Rebels was astounding Hmm. to me. So they're doing something, right? No, absolutely. And guys, I'm coming off sounding super negative. I did come around on Rebels. (laughs) um, I'm fine. I'm having fun with the last season and and this most recent season. Oh, yeah. Compared to the first one. The first one, I was just kind of like, and look, it's their first season. They're stumbling around. They're trying to figure out the characters and figure out Mm -hmm. where they're going. I mean, it's I don't know how you feel about Clone Wars, but it's like Clone Wars to me. The first two seasons, even like, man, there are episodes. I like three or four episodes. I just know to skip like each season so honestly i tell people if they're trying to get into clone wars i tell them to just skip the first season yeah you know who the characters are yeah definitely. it's not like they need to establish who obi-wan and anakin is yeah so it's just it's so much of a drag that i think you'll enjoy it a lot more if you just start God, the season and that last season of clone wars like i will watch those last like six episodes i've watched mm-hmm. them over and over again they get to end so well and i i feel like rebels is heading that way like the end of season three unreal where season four feels like it's going. So I don't know. There's hope. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I think I've still admitted this on our show. I still have not finished clone wars. Uh, just watch the last six episodes. That's so funny. Cause I was <laughs> like, dude, just get to like the end of season two. It's going to be the most amazing thing. And it's like, that's a, there's uh, like 23 episodes. There, yeah. There it's really long. There Honestly, the things I love about Clone Wars are like the Night Sisters, 
Mm-hmm. Um, like anything to do with them, I think is cool. Anything to do with like Dooku or um, Saw's Ventress, and then like anything for me that's like the mysticism of the Force. So that like includes the Night Sisters, like you said, and like the episodes that are. Was that series that it's like you see the like the personification of the, oh. the light side and the dark side and it's like this weird trippy. It's crazy that that is canon because it sets up the origins of the force as this almost Greek god type of thing. Yeah. It's very weird. All right. All right. Yeah. I will. Uh, maybe I'll just watch the last six episodes. <laughs> just watch the last six episodes. Yeah. Find out what happened to Sipho Diaz. <laughs> Um, so they see, they go to that building and they make a plan, which doesn't really, well, the plan is it's going to be really hard to sneak him out of this building because there's Imperials everywhere. And so Ezra's just like, follow me. Like, doesn't tell anyone where they're going. Just kind of, and they're just like, all right, fine. That's their plan. Basically follow Ezra. And he decides to tell them that we're going in through a sewer. Because nobody will be down there. I believe is the line. Yeah. Um, and he, there's a funny line about like, what if we get lost? And Sabine's like, I'll just follow your smell. And then Ezra goes, wait, you know what I smell like? And he's like, so (laughs) pumped about that. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's odd. It's odd all around. Um, well the joke was fine. It was more, it was mostly it was Ezra's reaction to like something well, it's like, why is she smelling him? Like, why does he want her to smell him? It's all, it's weird. Why all is around. he excited that he knows, she knows what he smells like? Um, so Chopper rolls up to the sewer entrance mm-hmm. and there Here's is... Here's another example of what I was talking about. There's another, there's a droid that pretty much looks exactly like him. <laughs> it's like the BB-8 counterpart thing, mm-hmm. which was amazing. Uh, he's black. Racial politics. And that's how, and I've said this before in this, in this podcast, but I don't know how the empire doesn't recognize they're the bad guys. Everything they own is black. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, so they have this, the black chopper. (laughs) That feels weird to say. (laughs) Sorry. The African American (laughs) chopper. (laughs) Jesus. In poor taste. Um, He stuns him or electrocutes him with he has a million weapons yeah and he pushes the black chopper and i can't i couldn't find the model number for this for this droid no, i looked no, everywhere yeah. um he he pushes his dead body down the sewer <laughs> so he just murders and it, i feel like the way it's framed is really interesting because the black droid is just kind of almost like hi friend how are you and yeah. chopper just rolls up and, goes, <laughs> and kills him and then yeah. pushes the dead body into there and then he, he does that thing where his head spins around and he flexes he's like look at me <laughs> that's dark oh my gosh it would have been cool when they jumped down the sewer if you saw like that droid and like pieces all over the floor that was a missed opportunity <laughs> like leaking oil and just like reaching up like save me <laughs> yeah but then he like Couple seconds later, when the the Kane and everyone's gonna go down uh-huh. there, like he shuts the the little you know the door to the hole down and almost takes Kanan's head off. <laughs> oh, I know that he, was funny. He's a sociopath. Oh man, or psychopath. I don't know which one he is. I, ha- I, I, I had a, I had a I had a moment when that happened where uh, I remember that movie Paris Hilton movie House of Wax. Great movie. <laughs> is that the one in like it's all black and green? 
No, it's like it was like the first like internet only release. No, it was like a a horror film (laughs) she did. Like I see what you did there. Oh, got it. Oh, I see. Hashtag bad joke. Took me a sec. Alex is the Alex is the comedian. I'm not nice. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) There's this scene in House of Wax where. Paris Hilton sticks her fingers up through a grate to open it, and there's someone waiting with like these hedge cutter trimmers, and like whooshing, like cuts oh. off her fingers. And I don't, I don't know why that's always stuck with me. And I had this, I had that moment when that's horrifying. It's horrifying. I had that moment when Chopper tried to <laughs> shut the sewer sewer door super quick. On yeah, him. yeah. To, to, uh-huh. Decapitate him. That's a yeah. weird sewer like, door. Yeah, 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 I get it. I get it. I get it. Shut up. Get, I get it. I'm cutting your head off. Okay. That's too funny. Um, so they sneak in through the sewers and they find the senator in question. And he's standing <laughs> behind a podium. Behind a podium. <clears throat> uh, I assume because he isn't wearing pants. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there's a couple things in this scene that I like that I want to point out is so we've seen these droids a couple times before, but the original C3PO uh, design, the Ralph McQuarrie design, they're reusing those protocol droids again to be Senator Travis's guards, but they're just painted in the Senate colors now. Yeah. Um, also, I'm going to start a jar where every time you say Ralph McQuarrie, I put it, you have to put a dollar <laughs> <Yeah>. in. <laughs> Um, and then there's a mural behind Travers, 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 um, that is kind of, it's, it looks like, I didn't see if this for sure, but it, to me, it looked like these Detroit industry murals. If you Google those, they're cool. They're from like the 1930s and it's just kind of celebrating the industry in Detroit and union stuff. Um, so it looks like that, but one of the things that's kind of interesting is the big thing on there is fishing. And so it's very clear that on Lothal fishing was a huge industry from this mural where, but there doesn't seem to be much water left because the empire is destroying the environment. Take that Al Gore. (laughs) (laughs) So he's standing by behind his podium and he's acting a little shady. Um, just like a little weaselly and I don't know what's up with that. Just, just like a typical guy behind a podium. (laughs) (laughs) Please approach the podium. Hashtag politics. Um, (laughs) so we find out, they say the empire's coming here. They're coming to get, he's like, that's impossible. And then all of a sudden callus busts through the doors with a bunch of stormtroopers, which I will applaud them this time for once they actually brought like enough people to do something because yeah. usually they bring like two or three stormtroopers. Kanan Jarrus, Jedi Knight, Padawan Jabba, and what have we here? A Twi'lek I've yet to meet. From your regalia, I suspect you must be our talented pilot. Where is the Lasat and the Mandalorian girl? If you won't talk, then my troopers will become a firing squad. You'd better do as he says. Don't worry, Senator. Our friends will be along. There's actually a pretty good amount of people, but they had a contingency plan. They must have caught them in like a shift change. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> let's, just bring, let's just bring everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I do like I do like that. So part of their plan is okay. We're gonna have to kill your. We're gonna have to kill your two droids. Yeah. 
It's fair. Tua comes in and is like, where's the Lasat Mandalorian? Little do they know that they are on the roof. Yeah, and I love Zeb's war yell when he jumps down. Mm-hmm. Um, Sabine throws some smoke bombs down, yeah. and then Sabet. This is actually kind of I liked how this was visually set up with the smoke, and then he ignites his uh, electro staff. Yeah, and you get kind of like an aerial view of him just like smashing some stormtroopers with his staff. I thought that was framed really cool. Yeah, um, but they beat some a, and then oh my God, get out of there so there are a couple like zeb let out this cool war yell too yeah and, um and i like that when they like there's that explosion that kind of throws sabine out of the room after she sets off those detonators mm-hmm. that zeb like grabs her and like wakeboard pulls her around <laughs> like <"Wee!"> yeah <laughs> that's great i feel like it was a very cool guy movie it was like in risky business when Tom Cruise like slides into frame in his underwear. They've been practicing that (laughs) for sure. Uh, And so they're running out of the building and then we see like this precursor to the Sentinel like transport ship. I forgot what that that ship's called, but it's basically just like a shuttle quarters them, which I thought was a little weird. Like first, I guess maybe it had troops in it or something, but they're like, oh my God, let's not go that way. But like, I feel like it would be like cornered by being cornered by a school bus or something. Does that ship have weapons or shields or anything? I, th- I thought it was just like a transport ship. Yeah, I didn't notice that, but that's a good point. But whatever. Um, I also, there was a weird animation thing. I looked, I, well, I saw it a couple of things, but for a frame or two, the left wing disappears. Huh. How do you guys notice that stuff? <laughs> I, um, I don't, you watch. The, I don't you have a lot like, going you on. Guys put, you guys put your cell phones in like lock boxes, huh? And you're, yeah. you're watching these shows. <laughs> Yeah. Um, it also might have been like I, I watched it on a janky rip. Uh, I was going to say, on I watched laptop. it on, it's on Blu-ray and I'm going to go through those and like... Yeah, so maybe it's just my weird rip. That's crazy because I, I watched it on... Because like, I, I have them on like my Apple TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and I But I, I always end up getting distracted, but I'm just amazed at how you <laughs> noticed that. <laughs> well, That's I don't weird. have a lot going on. <laughs> So I have to say that these sewers that they jump back in, mm-hmm. I make, I think I make references to this video game once a day in my daily life, just mm-hmm. to see if there's anyone out there who's ever played it. But seriously, tell me about there's it. There's a terrific video game called Xenogears I used to play. And there's a scene, there's a whole like level where you like go through the sewers and like stop fans to jump through them. Mm-hmm. And it's totally these scenes. So I'm just going to say they ripped off Xenogears. Probably. That's my guess. Um, I like how we cut to the kind of the carnage and the aftermath of them escaping from that room and Minister Tua crawls out from underneath a dead stormtrooper body (laughs) and his like lifeless hand is hanging down. She just kind of casually brushes it away. Yeah, that's calloused. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So they're in the they're in the sewers. And they get trapped by one of those Xenogears fans. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, the crew split up at this point. So at this point, it's only Ezra and Hera and Travers in this sewer. Yeah. He had been acting a little suspicious. He said he was out of breath. So and they had given him a gun, right? Yeah. A, uh, a bla- smart. Oh, yeah. Give this guy a blaster. And it's like, all right, watch our back. We're always trying to dismantle this fan or stop it or whatever. What makes you think that guy with a pencil mustache can shoot a blaster? 
<clears throat> or is at least not going to shoot you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, done in poor taste. Ironic. I don't know if you guys knew this, but he turns the blaster on them. Whoa. That's enough. Saber down, boy. Now! You're... You're with the Empire? But all your transmissions, those planets you visited, how did word not get out about you? Because no one ever knew. Not even my own droids. So, turns out, Travis... If there's one thing I've learned from Val Kilmer's The Ghost in the Darkness, is you never use another man's gun. <laughs> No, what, what, what just movies me? do you watch? <laughs> <laughs> apparently, apparently, ones I've only seen. All right, oh let's my keep. Gosh. Let's keep going. How many times have you seen that Paris Hilton movie? Uh, which just, one are we talking just about? Just once. Yeah. Well, yeah. What was <laughs> uh, just once, but that one scene just—it it shocked me so much. I don't even think I finished it. I think I got to that point. I was like, oh, I'm out. This is gross. It, you didn't even finish it, but it's—it stuck with you enough. Yeah, that one scene of her getting her fingers cut off stuck with me enough. That is horrifying. Yeah. Um, so Ezra is shocked by this revelation. He really believed in Gal Travis. He is very hurt. And he was like, how could you do this? My parents, blah, 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 blah. You knew my parents. parents. Insurgents are not arrested. They're identified and watched. The troublesome ones have accidents after I'm gone. But you're not a traitor. You're a voice of freedom, a, a light in the darkness like my parents. Parents? No one has spoken against the Empire on Lothal since the Bridge of Transmissions. I remember them. The original voices of freedom. You're their son. Why? Why? That was his Bernie Sanders. So it's like to him, <laughs> Bernie Sanders is like, I'm I'm trying to raise tuition at colleges. Now I just have a vision of Bernie Sanders turning a gun on someone in the sewer. <laughs> and oh that's, my what's, God. that's what's happening to Ezra. I'm just trying to give context but, here. Yeah. But 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 Bernie Sanders would remember to turn the safety off. Mm. Mm, yep. Feel the burn. So he as you just alluded to, Travis tries to shoot him, but the blaster doesn't work. And Hera gives him mean left hook yeah. and knocks his butt out. Yeah. By the way, have safeties, like, is that a canon thing? Has that always been in the Star Wars universe? A safety on a gun or is it just to serve this story? I don't think, there were, I don't think it was a safety. In my understanding, Hera said that she didn't charge it. So apparently she didn't uh, she didn't plug it into her USB before she left. Got it. So got it was an uncharged blaster. Well, I took it as like their technology is it's almost a reverse safety. Like you have to turn it on and then it you like charge it. But like you don't have to like plug it in to charge it. You like gotta a, prime it. You yeah. have to prime it. Like a super soaker. Oh, got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Or like it. a shake flashlight. Yeah, just like that. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, but yeah, I, that's a good point. I'm, I'm always kind of confused about how the weapons work, the blasters work, because some they seem to run out of ammo sometimes, but they don't have ammo. So sometimes they overheat. I like sometimes the, they need to be charged. Maybe there's just like a lot of different kinds of blasters. Yeah. Yeah. But. Ran enough dirt nerf darts it turns out that Hera knew all along she had her yeah, suspicions at least yeah mom can't, Hera knows can't get anything past Hera <laughs> mom Hera 
<laughs> so Travis reveals, you know, he admits that he's working for the Empire. And so I guess he wasn't super clear about this, but I guess his racket is that yeah. he goes on these things yeah. and inspires the rebels and then lures them to these little traps. Exactly. And then they get scooped up. Yeah. And he admits he kind of like pieces together. Ezra says, you know, that he thought, th- thought he knew his parents and uh, Travis kind of pieces together like, oh, let's see who were rebels on Lothal. Uh, like around the time you were born. Oh, like your parents were, mm. were these two people. Were the Bridgers. Were the Bridgers. And I, I, I get, and once again, I'm like, how do you not know you're like on the wrong side? Because <laughs> Travis even says, oh, your parents, the people who were the original voices of freedom. And I'm like, how can that be a negative statement? Like, <laughs> well, like, it, I feel it just, like, for me, I'm like, I don't know. I don't get how this is playing to your motivation. Like, so, you know, you're the oppressor and you're just cool with it. Like a bad guy for yeah, bad I guy's sake that. kind of thing. I mean, but if you think about it too, like Sean Hannity, I'm sure his like slogans, like <laughs> the original voice of freedom. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm actually, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. <laughs> so maybe yeah. the Bridgers were like right wing. Like, oh. cons- hold on, let, let me t- hold on. I'm texting my father real quick. I'll <laughs> Dad, what is? <laughs> yeah, okay, I could see how the original. Yeah, oh, so okay. maybe he's a little more Bernie Sanders than we thought. All right, I mean, <laughs> um, so the rest of the crew meets up with them. And they're like, "What happened to the senator?" <laughs> <laughs> well, funny thing about that, yeah. Um, and so Kanan uses the force to stop the fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought this was a pretty cool use of the force too. I liked just this set piece that he was really struggling with the power of this fan and just they, yeah. the idea was that they, they wanted to stop it enough for everyone to get through, but then not destroy it so that they can't be pursued. Yeah. I, and yeah. Ezra guards yeah. him while he does it using his lightsaber, deflecting the blaster oh, bolts, full circle. Yeah. Does yep. a great job. And, uh, I really like that once they jump through and escape, I, I love that Travis like is just sitting on the floor <laughs> with his hand over his eye, like kind of moping. And I was like, oh, there, there, there's me in middle school. <laughs> <laughs> well, going back real quick, right before he turns on them, uh-huh. I, that would, to me, that's the one thing that stood out in this, this episode. It was so jarring of like, they jump out of the fan and and Travis just like falls out, and that's a pretty big high jump. And he like, yeah. lands like like belly flop on the cement. On the <laughs> yeah. And I was like, "How's that old man getting up from that? Like he's done." I know. I'm glad you pointed that out. And then he's like double crosses them. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> I uh, I noticed that too. Part of me kind of hoped that it panned up back up, and you saw like R two D two pushing him out, like in yeah. Attack of the Clones, because <laughs> it didn't make sense to me why he would have fallen like that. Like no one's that uncoordinated. I mean, the answer is obvious. the f- The Force. The Force. He's holding his head, his hand up to his head. It's like, wait, is he hung over? Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, like someone get this dude some Alka Seltzer because he's looking like. <laughs> He had a rough night last night. He's like, uh, uh-huh. who did I text? <laughs> <laughs> who did I haul in that? <sighs> I got to stop watching Sean Hannity. <laughs> um, I also like, so when they get through the, the fan, Ezra like turns around and throws oh, some mad shade. That, that face, I was Stink like, I. in that yeah. moment, I was like, it could be Snoke. Like it was a serious <laughs> menace, menacing look. <laughs> 
Stop. Stop, it. Stop it because we're still like, like our buddy Steel Wars had tweeted the other day to Dave Leone going, so when are we going to like Dave Leone only has a few episodes left to, to wrap up uh, rebels and letting us know how Ezra got his, uh, his stutter. Oh. <laughs> oh my god. Oh no. That's amazing. <laughs> That's so good. I, the best one I saw was someone's like photoshopped uh Snoke like half of the uh, half of Snoke's face into Jacosta News face, like half of Jacosta News face. I was like, yeah. it's obvious. How did no one see this before? Yeah. yeah. Um so they escape and they make it back to the ghost. Yeah. Kanan Which, by the way, is it me or is Kanan always like got his arm up on like the ship? Look, oh yeah, with his back <laughs> turned from the team, kind of brooding and just. Yeah. To like be fair, though, I think that's probably how Freddie Prince Jr. just stands. So they probably just <laughs> took it for the character model. <laughs> they walk into the recording booth and he has his back turned to him, <laughs> smoking Can a cigarette. Can we do a she's all that, but with the rebels characters? Uh, Ooh. <laughs> yep. Cup. Patent pending. <laughs> I'm, I'm, no, I'm, I'm going to do a whole Tumblr account with Hera as uh, uh, Rachel Lee Cook. And, and before she grows out that mom hair as Hera. I feel like Sabine would be a good Rachel Lee Cook. Oh, but it's too obvious. We need the whole brooding thing with 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 um, Freddie Prince, with Kanan and everybody. The thing is, when she has her Mandalorian mask on... Then she's like the ugly nerd, but then you take it off and she's all of a sudden beautiful. Okay, I want to, I want to scrap both of these and I'm calling an audible schmeeze all that. <laughs> this would be a great crossover. Yes. I love it. Oh, Absolutely love it. Nothing gets me like Star Wars be, the pun. The, the, the front exactly. cover will, will be Shmi and a bunch of Metachlorians yeah. <laughs> will be, will be her counterpart. <laughs> how she falls in love with the force and makes a child oh my gosh all right so <laughs> we're back on the ghost Kanan and ezra have one of their patented heart to hearts yeah a uh um, final thoughts with murray yeah i thought this one was actually pretty sweet and um they bring up some interesting force stuff yeah i didn't see it i was so wrong we all thought he was a good person you always say i should trust the force i thought that's what i was doing your emotions clouded the vision it takes training and discipline to see things clearly yes visions are difficult almost impossible to interpret what was the last vision you had i saw this bratty kid that constantly caused me trouble <laughs> i guess you read that one wrong yeah I guess so. He was like, I thought I, I thought I, my, my vision was so clear. Like I just had so much conviction about it. And Ezra tells, or Kanan tells him that, you know, you can't always, it's hard to see the future. The future is always in motion. Some would say, mm -hmm. um, and your feelings actually cloud seeing visions clearly, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. And of course he tells him that his last vision was, he saw a bratty kid that kept giving him trouble. Oh, eh, conflicted about that one. I actually, I thought that was so really cute. sweet. I thought it was sweet. <laughs> He's like, Kanan, what was your last vision? He's like, oh, this bratty kid. I love you, son. Yeah. Well, then I, I do actually really like how the episode wraps up because it's Hera and Ezra are on the ghost. And Ezra's kind of saying like, he says, what's wrong with us? Like, like, why isn't this working? And she goes, we have hope. And that hope that things can get better 
and they will. And then this really cool music starts playing. You know, I wanted to believe in Travis as much as you did. Yeah, what's wrong with us? We have hope. Hope that things can get better. And they will. There was some interesting music there in this was. episode. Oh, we didn't talk about it. At the beginning, it wasn't... Did you see that they replaced, like, the yeah. three-second theme with, like, a different song? Yeah. That was weird. I don't know if I've ever seen them do that. Me neither. Oh, I didn't even notice that. So, this yeah. might be the first time they replaced the theme song with, like, this more... It was, like, this real pensive, reflective little melody that mm-hmm. was not the uh, not the, the Rebels theme, so... Yeah, and I really like this end song. Yeah. It's quite jaunty. Ooh. (laughs) True. Cool. All right. So uh, that about wraps up the episode. So at the end, we like to wrap up with our overall feelings and impressions based on this completely subjective grading scale. So, Peter, do you want to give an example of what the scale looks like? Yeah. So um, my scale, it's basically, in my opinion, The worst thing in Star Wars to the best thing in Star Wars and then what is in between. So in my opinion, the worst thing in Star Wars is Jar Jar Binks being farted on by an EOP and going P.U.S.A. in A Phantom Menace. And then the best thing is Luke and Vader dueling in the dark. Hashtag Bruce Springsteen Mm -hmm. in Return of the Jedi. And so my grade, I will give this episode... Dexter Jetster's mustache because it's quite the hairy situation just like the one that our rebel crew finds themselves in. Also, it probably smells like a sewer. And that translates to a C. Alright. Okay, <laughs> so from my scale, uh, the worst thing in Star Wars being Anakin created C-3PO to the best thing being Luke staring into the binary sunset on Tatooine while John's Williams, John Williams mm-hmm. Tatooine or binary sunset theme plays. I'm going to give this episode a Anakin and Padme having dinner um, while he floats her a space <laughs> pair, which um, I don't know. Yeah. It was about a C plus. So it's on the higher end of a C, but it's still it's higher than I would have anticipated. <laughs> I just think it's so scene. funny. He floats her a pair. I love that. A warm fire. I don't like it enough, but uh, uh, it's not the worst thing, but it's, uh, nice. I don't know. So we're putting you on the spot here, Steve. Um, can you think of a scale system? Okay. So here's what I'm thinking. It's not going to be as good as yours. Um, <laughs> and don't hold me to this being my least and least favorite or worst moment and best moment. Cause right. always in, it in will, emotion, it will, it will always change and always be emotion. But at this very second, the very, very worst thing in star Wars, in my humble opinion, is at the end of revenge of the Sith where the emperor says rise Lord Vader. <laughs> and, or so I don't know if he says that. And yeah. That scene where basically Vader goes, no, <laughs> that is the worst right. thing in star Wars. Right. I will take a Jar Jar Binks movie. Yeah, and that fair. is the worst thing in Star Wars right now in my mind. The best thing is, no, I am a, I am a Jedi like my father before me. No. It's that, that moment. Yeah, I like that. And Luke throws away his awesome lightsaber. Yep. Uh, and somewhere in between, let's see here. Um, 
for me, this was about on the level of, uh, hmm, I'm looking around my room here with all my toys for inspiration <laughs> here to try and think of, uh, what, what it would be. No worries. Um, you know what? I would have to say this is on par with, um, stormtroopers being defeated by little furry teddy bears. Ooh. Ooh. What's the great translation on that? Um, well, in one moment in particular, cause I actually really love that moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it's the moment where, um, the Ewok is on the speeder bike and kind of flailing <laughs> about, um, it's absurd. It's silly. It really doesn't do anything for star Wars in general, other than it's just absurd and silly, which I would say <laughs> is about a C plus. Um, okay. and that's how I feel about this episode. So do you have a lot of Ewok toys? You just like looked at your wall of Ewok toys and were like, that's I it. don't actually. <laughs> just I two, right? Wicket actually, and Chief Chirpa. I don't. I, but I need to, especially, <laughs> you know, yeah, no, I, that's the thing is I'm not trying to hate on the Ewoks. I love the Ewoks. Yeah. Um, that said though, that moment was sort of like, mm, it's a little silly. I was hoping you were going to come back and say like, all right, I just looked at all my toys and this moment is CO Bibble. <laughs> oh, but I actually have CO Bibble. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I don't. It. I should. That was sort of, you know, the no, hot, hot take on the, the CO Bibble and Alex and I think. Yeah. Um, I oh. was in Europe when Alex was filling out our bios for the our website. Mm-hmm. And one of our things, we, we answer that questionnaire that we, we ask everybody at the end of our uh, episode, favorite character, least favorite character. And because I was in Europe and he couldn't get a hold of me because I didn't have, uh, I couldn't talk on the phone or text. Mm-hmm. He just added that in. And now it's this running, <laughs> running joke to where now I'm actually a CO Bibbles fan, guys. Oh my nice. gosh. He's, he's, he, I think he's actually in Maz Kanata's castle <laughs> sitting there having a cocktail in the Force Awakens. Holy crap. Have you seen the CO Bibble wasn't wrong t-shirt? <laughs> no, but I need it now. <laughs> I uh, predicted he was Snoke. Uh, the uh, the podcast Star Wars Minute uh, made that shirt, and it's pretty amazing. CO Bibble wasn't wrong. <laughs> I'm nice. to buy that. Cool, Steve. Thank you so much. Where can the people find you? What do you want them to check out? Oh man, check out Black Series Rebels, guys. Do check it. Check out our YouTube. Check out our YouTube. Just just look up Black Series Rebels, hit subscribe, check out our videos. Um, if I had to recommend a interview to watch, definitely check out like what we did with Paul Dini. Yeah. Ooh, that was a good, fun, yeah. just kind of weird talk about what it was like at Lucasfilm, sort of at the end of Jedi and post Jedi. And yeah, seeing, you know, yeah, I can back I can there. back that up. That was a pretty wild episode to hear some really cool stories from him just about what it's like to work there. So yeah, yeah. I'd back that yeah. up. So you can check us out there at Black Series Rebels. You can check us out on Twitter and Instagram at B as in boy L K Series Rebels uh, on Twitter and Instagram. And you can hit me up on Twitter at Rex Manning. Um, if you're a fan of the Empire Records, you'll get it. <laughs> nice. Cool. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. It was a pleasure to be on. Hi, Mike. How are you doing? Yeah, great. Are you ready to go to history class? 
No. Because today, oh, man. All right. Well, we're episode over. Bye, guys. Mm. Just kidding. Today we are talking about this is a continuation of our Force series. This is part two. So this is the history of the Jedi and the Sith. So there is a vast history of the Jedi and Sith in Legends, uh, which I actually kind of liked. I found most of it to be pretty clean and compelling. um, And only parts of that story have been made officially canon. Uh, For example, the Knights of the Old Republic games explored like a huge history of the Jedi and the Sith, but it was not officially made canon. Um, There are there are aspects of it. The Lucasfilm story group decided said they wouldn't mess with it too much out of respect for Bioware and EA and the world they built. And they've actually started bringing in some of that stuff, which is pretty cool. Um, But this is the one example of that is that the Sith homeworld has been brought into Rebels and Clone Wars, but they changed the name, which is weird, but it's the same world. So we'll get into that a little bit. Um, they also brought in Malachor in the Rebels, um, which is a planet that was officially that was first in the Knights of the Old Republic. So I think they have some respect for this world. But so because of that, I'm going to piece together a bunch of stuff I can from canon sources and making some inferences. Um, so yeah, let's get into this. So according to the Last Jedi Visual Dictionary, which is dope, if you haven't seen it yet. Um, it seems a little weird, but it's really cool if you're into this nerdy stuff. The Jedi Order was founded on Octo at least 6,000 years prior to the Battle of Yavin by the Prime Jedi. So you can see a mosaic of this Prime Jedi in the, temp- in the Temple of Octo. I couldn't really tell what it was when I was watching the movie, but it kind of looks like a yin-yang symbol. Um, and it's, you know, Ray and Luke are talking about force stuff and you'll see they're standing on it so if you look at it up close to that it's a picture of the very first jedi and we're actually going to dive into that a little bit later in a different deep dive but in the star wars comics there is something called the 100 year darkness that has been mentioned a couple of times this is a legends thing that was super fleshed out in legends um but canonically, like in, in the comics, there's one of the Star Wars comics where Luke opens a holocron and one of the holocrons has this Jedi and he, he says, quote, once we were brothers in the force, but from the 100 year darkness, we were born the Sith. So we don't know the details of what caused this split between the Jedi and the Sith and what caused the 100 year darkness. But according to legends, the 100 year darkness was a conflict thousands of years before the galactic civil war where a group of rogue jedi started experimenting with the force because they had the belief that its true power had not yet been unlocked and they would be able to bring people back to life using the force mm. it was actually kind of noble because they wanted to heal all people it wasn't just kind of like they were trying to preserve themselves but the jedi order banished these people because they thought these things were unnatural. Hmm. Um, so these fallen Jedi left and they actually brought a bunch of followers with them and they were kind of the basis of the Sith order, even though they weren't necessarily called that yet. Uh, they didn't have a big army, but they seeked revenge. So they used their mysticism, sciency stuff to experiment and create an army of like monsters and zombies to rise up against 
the Jedi Order. Okay. And yeah, it's this is the part that I'm not super into, but that's what was in Legends. Um, and there was a war that lasted a hundred years, and eventually the Dark Jedi were defeated, but the Jedi showed them mercy to their former brothers. And instead of executing them, which the Republic wanted, the Jedi loaded them onto transports and banished them to the deepest parts of the Outer Rim, where they found themselves on a planet named Korriban, which was inhabited by a race of red beings named the Sith. So the Sith were actually an alien race. So this race was naturally strong with the dark side of the Force, but they were untrained and primitive. So, with their superior superior skills in the Force, these Dark Jedi took over the Sith race and became their rulers. After thousands of years of breeding between them and like training them and starting to build up a society, the Sith religion was born on Korriban. So, huh. that's in Legends. If I had to guess, I would guess you that said like, that's the in most- Legends. Yeah, so that's uh-huh. that's legend. So the hundred year darkness, that's canon. And there are some aspects that we can get to that I think we can make some good inferences, but I think this is a good background to know. Um, if I had to guess, I would say like the monsters and zombie part is probably not gonna become canon because that'd be kind of weird. But Korriban is canon, but they renamed it to Moraband. I don't know why, but they did <laughs> it's the same planet according to dave filoni it just has a different name um and we see yoda go there i mentioned yoda i mentioned yoda's journey in the last force deep dive he goes to moraband um to learn the secrets of immortality huh. um we do know canonically too that there was a constant war between the sith people that lived on moraband which turned it into a wasteland that caused the destruction of nearly every Sith being except for Darth Bane. So Darth Bane is the only survivor of the Sith Civil War, and he decided to pass his knowledge of the dark side to only one person, and he created the rule of two, because he knew the Sith would tear each other apart if there were too many Sith. So to protect the Sith Order, there can only ever be two of them. So okay. that is what we know. One thing I think is kind of interesting is I know you're not super into the Dr. Afro comics. Mm, um, yeah, but, they're fine. Yeah. I mean, there's some read, interesting, there's some interesting stuff. I'm reading them. Yeah. You read yeah. the first arc, like where they find like the secret like, yeah. fortress and stuff. Cool. Yeah. So I'm going to get into that. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm mixed on that comic, but the first arc of Dr. Afro it's pretty cool if you're into this really nerdy like history anthropology kind of stuff. Uh, it's kind of actually pr- it's pretty like Indiana Jonesy. Yeah, it's ve- I mean she's she's just Indiana Jones. Yeah, which I kind of like with like killer robots. <laughs> um, but in this story, Afra and her father find a hidden fortress of a splinter group of Jedi that loathe violence and death. These Jedi were called the or do aspect to and so they hated violence they hated death so they studied how to prolong life for all beings yeah while they were doing that a group of orthodox jedi raided their fortress believing their studies to be unnatural which caused the ordu aspecti aspectu to activate a device that caused the fortress and all beings within the fortress to vanish so if you ask me that conflict sounds pretty familiar to the inciting incident that started the 100-year darkness. Uh, interesting. Yeah. 
I mean, the the story is actually told in like a pretty interesting way where yeah. they're, they're recounting this conflict where the Orthodox Jedi come in and they banish the Ordu Aspectu and you see it from one perspective and the Ordu Aspectu have the red lightsabers and they're like, we want to like dominate all life and control it. And then you see it from another perspective where the Orthodox Jedi come in with red lightsabers and they're like, your heathens were banishing you. So we don't really know who the good guy and the bad guy in this story is, but I think we can make a pretty good parallel to the Ordu Aspecti being the fallen Jedi from Legends and the Orthodox Jedi being the Jedi Order from Legends. So I'm hoping they're going to dive into a little more canonically about how that established the Sith Order and the Jedi Order, but that is all we know canonically as of now. Hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of legends around that stuff. Yeah. Um, it, did you mention that Blind Fury um, comic? No, what's that? I th- I feel I think it's a legends comic or graphic novel where where the Ordu expect to originate from actually. There's a lot of this stuff from legends that's pretty obscure. Like the Ordu expect was from legends. I don't think it was like super popular, but they're bringing these very very like little known aspects slowly into this, and so I don't know. I kind of like that too, appeasing the legend heads a little bit. No, I like that. I like that they're bringing in stuff. I mean. I've, I struggle with it, but I like it. Um, let me ask you this. Were you a fan of the Old Republic? The video game? Yeah, the video game. And like, I remember getting really into the MMORPG. I was, um, yeah, I was pretty into it. Yeah, there was a lot of really cool history in there. And so um, I don't know how much you remember of that, but would you like them to bring in stuff like the Sith race? They're like these weird, like, to me, they looked like red aliens that had like snot hanging off their cheeks. You should look them up. They looked weird. Uh, I don't know. I I feel like they're not going to bring in anything that's going to require background knowledge from anyone. Mm. I I kind of like something about Disney just retconning every everything and then creating something new. And it feels like they're slowly letting stuff in. Like the dam is opening slowly. And Ooh. I don't know if it's like to appease fans or like, you know, just low hanging fruit and there's good ideas there in Legends, which there are. There's a mix of good Ooh. ideas and total garbage. Um, but I'm kind of, I'm okay with something totally new. And part of me just wants that, like go crazy, like make new things. I don't know. Yeah, I think I'd prefer a different kind of, like, whatever the conflict is that that the Hundred Year Darkness is, like, I think it would be interesting that it was more than just, like, a Hundred Year War with weird zombies and stuff. Yeah. One thing I do really like is I I thought that the Sith Society was really interesting, like, when before there was the Rule of Two and they were all fighting and backstabbing each other, but they also had, like, Sith kings and things like that. Like I thought that was a pretty cool aspect of the story. And I wonder if they're going to bring some of that in. Yeah. I guess it'd be really cool if they went back, if they went back in time, which I'm guessing they will have to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd like some old Republic things. I definitely would like an old Republic trilogy. Yeah. I've got to imagine between the multiple TV series and the multiple trilogies that are coming out, they've got to go like ancient sometime. But yeah. we will see, I guess. Yeah. So that's all that's all I have. Class dismissed. <laughs> well, <laughs> we're getting deep in the force. 
Yeah, so um, I'm going to do at least one more deep dive in the forest, so stay tuned for that. Um, and if you're bored of it, then sorry. I like Oops. this stuff. <laughs> and Oopsie. yeah, and, and thanks to Steve for being on this episode. His podcast, Seriously. Black Series Rebel, Rebels, is awesome. Especially if you're into the toys, that's the podcast for you. Yep. Um, but they do way more than talk about the toys. Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know where to find us. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Rebels Rebels Pod. Or you can email the show at Rebels Rebels Pod at gmail.com. And um, until next time, be brave out there. And don't look back. Don't look back. Okie day. Bye.